We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That was Patrick Mahomes to Marquez Valdez Scantling this morning at Chiefs camp. Show me that you like that play by liking this videos. But that play got me thinking, what kind of numbers may we see from Patrick Mahomes this year without Tyreek Hill? Is it going to be his best statistical year ever? I'd subscribe to that notion just like you should subscribe to this channel. More Chiefs content than you can find anywhere else on a daily basis. And let's get into the Mahomes prognostications and much more with our friend Nate Taylor from The Athletic right after this with our weekly five burning questions for the Prince of Chiefs content. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. All right, before we bring on Nate, here's a quick word from DraftKings. Kansas, DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to the Sunflower State. It won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. To celebrate, all new customers will receive $100 in free bets when you sign up using code KCSN. Plus, one lucky customer will win a $100,000 free bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. Soon you'll be able to bet on money lines, spread, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. Plus, you'll be entered to win a $100,000 free bet when you sign up. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up using code KCSN to get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Kansas. Plus, one customer will win a $100,000 free bet. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 1-800-522-4700. Must be 21 years old. Physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. See draft. See terms at DraftKings.com sportsbook. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. One per customer. $100 issued as four $25 free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstake. Void where prohibited. ENs first day. DraftKings is allowed to operate in Kansas. See terms at DraftKings.com slash Kansas. All right. And now let us bring on the Prince of Chiefs content, Mr. Nate Taylor from The Athletic. 
Did I surprise you with that one, Nate? <laughs> yes. Uh, hello. Um, it's almost the end of camp, and I, I guess I've been knighted as a prince, so uh, I can't complain. I'm also – it is shocking that it is checks the calendar August 16th, August 16th and we are both in hoodies. So um, the, the volatile weather that is middle of America – I hoodie weather is the best. I never realized how many hoodies I own until I looked in my closet one day and I was just like, you know what? I think I have like 46 hoodies and I'm not even <laughs> being sarcastic, <laughs> but half of them are KZ sports network. So I just started grabbing them uh, when I ran out of clothes. And then I, once you wash them, I can't give them away. So got a lot. Got to get you a hoodie. Got to get you. Hey, one. hey, by all means, sir. Um, Coming your way. Yeah. I I'm big in the sweaters. So uh, mm. what, might be hoodies for you is, is sweaters for me like it like it all guess what it is time for five burning questions and i've got some doozies this this time we're at the end of camp it's getting weird and we the, the first we, one we watched the game on saturday so I, I i expect nothing better you know now that we now that we actually watch the team in uniform for once yep i am excited uh on this first one because you and i might disagree on this and I'm Ooh. willing, yeah, I know. If you watched KCSN update yesterday, you saw the tweets, the videos, whatever it is, I want to know. So the first burning question here for Nate Taylor. Nate, better chance of happening. Isaiah Pacheco wins Offensive Rookie of the Year or George Karloftis wins Defensive Rookie of the Year? Oh. Now you have to be mindful as to who was taken in the draft, um, particularly in like the first round. And, you know, there are no quarterbacks of real consequence in this last draft class. So that already gives Pacheco a real chance. Now, you also have to put into the equation, where was that player taken in the draft? Uh, obviously, Isaiah Pacheco was taken, you know, in the seventh round, the last round of the NFL draft. Uh, he already has four different nicknames. Uh, it was Little Poppy. That's mm. Paco. Now it's Pop. Now it's... Pacheco-y? I mean, like, it, there, there's... <laughs> what does coach call him? That, that's um, how this gets settled. I think coach has gone with pop. Um, I okay. think Kelsey sort of acknowledged that on uh, Monday. Like, hey, like, that's that's Pac. Uh, some of the younger guys call him Paco. I still love the little poppy in him. Um, you know, okay. that, was, that was around sort of draft day. But given where he's taken in an offense that you know is going to have success... Uh, if he scores touchdowns, if he's like uh, the true running back to the Clyde Rizalaire, which again, shocking to say otherwise as of right now, then yeah, I guess there's a little, there's a legitimate shot for Karloftis. It's probably going to be harder because such of the top draft class was so defensive heavy this year, particularly at cornerback. Yep. He was not the first, you know, pass rusher taken. It might take a Micah Parsons type season, obviously, to to be put into that sort of category. That might mean ten sacks. I think it's, I think it's harder in the NFL to get ten sacks in your first rookie season than it is to be a true weapon in Andy Reid's offense and exploit some weaknesses because the matchups are in your favor from when your career started. Um, now, everybody knows Clyde Edwards-Alaire has some durability problems. Mm -hmm. uh, he has not played a full season yet in his career. This is his third season upcoming. Um, 
So you're asking a lot out of Pacheco, but I'm not sure if I disagree with you. I just think from a betting standpoint, I would like the I would like the greater odds. Okay. The the longer shot of Pacheco versus you're already going to be in a defensive rotation, and I'm not asking 10 sacks out of George Kalaftis. You, sir, should not ask 10 sacks out of him. Um, I'm not no. asking. He's going to give it. You don't have to ask that guy. <laughs> I think it's going to happen. And 10 sacks would be the rookie franchise record. We talked about it right. yesterday. Derek Thomas in yeah. 89. So nice. and that was 33 years ago. Yeah. The yeah. Internet, I said 23. The internet likes to, to pound on remind a mistake. You. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I was reminded. Uh, that my math's bad. I forgot how old I am. Uh, and that 1989 was a long time ago. Um, I, I I think now the problem is this is a this is a passing leap. The, the, okay, let me let me. Give <laughs> this away, is why it's a difficult question. Let me let me give away the answer. The answer, the true answer, probably is neither guy will be. That is not the question, though. That is not the, the burning question. It's which one was more likely. I I just maybe I'm wrapped up in it. Maybe it's an offensive game. I would probably give it to Pacheco, but there's probably going to yep. be Chris Olave is probably yep. going to win the award. Cause if you've seen any of the clips he's had in, in camp, yep. oh, this boy is good. The only question is, can the quarterback get him the ball consistently? But I, I assume Chris Olave is going to be open a lot this season. Yeah. Take the quarterback out of it. If you're talking about like hype out of a training camp, George Pickens would be up there too for a late round pick. Cause that guy, I don't trust him. I'll impressive. trust. I'll trust him. <laughs> I don't trust none of these clips with anybody in a Steelers uniform. Hell no. Now, now, Kenny Pickett, if you show something in November, I will be impressed. Anything right. outside of that is Mike Tomlin putting duct tape on a boat and somehow getting it out to <laughs> getting it out to the water. That's that's guys. What you're gonna see Mike Tomlin do this year is stupid good. It's it's literally gonna be a, a boat full of duct tape somehow being in contention in like. October, you know, around Halloween time. And then the assumption is when they have their bye week, Kitty Pig will come in and be serviceable. So, but he's I one I, of the three best coaches in the National Football League. It's stupid how good he, he is. Does, I mean, he's never going to get enough credit for how right. he held together. I think once Antonio Brown left, I think we all kind of learned like, wow, like he really had that thing together, uh, considering had, all the stuff they had going on. He had Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown to deal with on a daily basis. Oh. Just marvelous, marvelous job. All right. So you're going with Pacheco, who you have been waxing poetic each week that we've come on here and <laughs> talked about him. And I'm going to go with Karloftis because okay. I think you've got a defensive player. And this is the point that I've made on, I think, my third show in a row here. Uh, we knew about his aggression. We knew he was relentless. We knew about the physicality. What I didn't notice or what I didn't expect was the athletic fluidity, his change of direction. And that, again, to give credit to Bobby Stroop and to yep. Karloftis himself for putting the work in, he looks like a much more, much better athlete in space with a change of direction than we gave him credit for. He's not going to get the attention that Chris Jones is going to get in the middle. To your point, right. He's the Chiefs offense. They're going to score points. Teams that have to stay with them. You've got an extra 17th game this season. And if he breaks the rookie sack record for a team that's going to be competing for an AFC championship this season, barring any kind of major injuries, you're a rookie with 11, 11 and a half sacks on that team. You're definitely in that conversation. And being on a good team is going to help you win those kinds yes. of awards. We both know it. And yes. so they're in prime time. A lot of people are going to be talking about him. And if he's putting up big games and being a difference maker for that team, he's going to get a lot of pub. And so that's yeah. where I'm coming from in it. Um, but let's move on to the next one. And the second one, another fun one here. And uh, a lot of it 
is just based on what we've seen uh, at training camp and how quickly it seems like Juju, Sky Moore, MVS, and now Justin Watson getting reps with the first team have kind of uh, meshed with Patrick Mahomes. And the play on Saturday that stood out to me was the third and eight. Um, the one high kind of high pressure situation the first team offense was in broken play. You could kind of see that street ball side of Patrick Mahomes comes out. He gets outside the pocket. MVS knows the leverage of where the defender is. He knows where to go. One of those things that makes we're, we take for granted now because of how good these guys are, but there are half the quarterbacks in the league and half the offenses in the league don't make plays like what we saw on that third down. And so what that begs the question, and then I saw the highlight this morning of Mahomes throwing into double coverage and MVS comes down with it over, I think it was Thornhill and Legereus Sneed. I mean, those were starters yep. on this team. So the question, number two burning question for Nate Taylor with The Athletic, is this going to be Patrick Mahomes' best statistical seasoning season? So let's start with yards. In 2018, he had 5,097 yards. Barring he stays healthy, do you see him surpassing his best yardage total for a season here in 2022? Um, unfortunately, BJ, I'm going to say no. Um, the, Chiefs, <laughs> the, the Chiefs want to evolve. Um, yep. Now, every game will present its own challenges and its own circumstances, but I, I, I get the sense that they don't want to go back to 2018 as much as it was exhilarating for us, for fans. Um, the league has changed. Um, and, and in some ways that's to the chief's benefit, but the league has changed because um, it was around halfway through that rookie season, or excuse me, halfway through Patrick's first season as a true starter, where I would be in the press box and I would scream single high when a team put it on the field not understanding that like his arm and the weapons at the time with Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, obviously Tyree kill was designed to be cover three single high safety coverage. Um, now more teams are playing cover four, obviously quarters, um, a little bit more of, of a too high shell. Obviously that's what the chiefs faced last year. Um, mm -hmm. The league is getting away from blitzing too. So when you add a single high safety in your blitzing Mahomes. That leads to 5,000 yards. Like, that is the sure. simplest equation um, with a collection of skill position players that uh, the league just wasn't really prepared for. I think the Chiefs want to be a little bit more of a chameleon. I think they want to be more – I think they want the ability to, to shape shift when necessary. So I think they're going to try to be a little bit more balanced this year. Um, you know teams are still going to try to limit Mahomes on the deep ball. What I would suggest is, and what my sort of, you know, projection so far is that this team will run the ball a little bit better because the offensive line will go into year two. Mm -hmm. uh, based on circumstances, they'll be in situations to run the ball, hopefully at a more efficient rate, whether they have the lead or they're trying to run out the clock in the four-minute drill. And I just think Mahomes will get to this place where, you know, it's not a, it's like a check down for him but it's like an intermediate pass for Kirk Cousins. Like, sorry, yep. Kirk, sorry. <laughs> but it, but, to, but I know for Pat, it feels like a check down. Like a 10-yard yep. pass feels like a check down. And yep. he's acknowledged it um, that, hey, when you have Tyreek Hill or if it's this year, if you have McColl and, and, Mar and Marquez Valdez-Gantlin, maybe that 10-yard option feels like more of a check down than, you know, being a more aggressive with the ball. I would say 
somewhere around 4,500 yards. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see 50 touchdowns again. Um, that is that is hard to replicate. Um, but he'll be in the high 30s, low 40s. Um, and it's a 17-game season, so I see your point. I just get the sense that, like, balance, unpredictability, the chances to matriculate the ball while also having some quick strike elements to it and just trying to be efficient in the red zone. So I think yeah. I think it'll be less than, than 5,097 yards, sir. In addition to DraftKings, this show is also going to be sponsored by Kool-Aid because I am drinking the Kool-Aid <laughs> on this entire team. And you look at the numbers. Last year, a down year of sorts for Patrick Mahomes, according to a lot of people. He had 4,800 passing yards. And so the next thing I was going to ask is over-under on most touchdowns. And that one's even more difficult with the 50 but I'm not going to fall into the trap of however many years in Andy Reid's career. We say this is the year he's going to stick to the run a little bit more. It's not going to happen. They've been saying about that since LaShawn McCoy was in his prime in Philly or Brian Westbrook or all those guys. Their their RPO game is part of their running. Those short stands are yes. an extension of their running yes. game. So and, and that I was, do. Right, and I was going to say that was that was partly a problem last year because it became very clear that Pat wanted to pass out of those RPOs more yep. so than hand the ball off, which again makes a lot of sense because like you have the most gifted arm in football. Um, but it does sort of feed into the defense's hands. I don't know. I, you know, I'll be really fascinated BJ to see how many RPOs they do run this year versus tra- yeah. more traditional offense under center and, or it's in the shotgun and we're not, you know, we're not giving that well, play action. Look, the makeup of the offensive line is different too. Cause years ago it was an offensive line that was built around athletic guys who can add space L- for as good as Laurent Duvernay Tardif was at his prime and as physical and just nasty as he was, he was really good because he could get out in space. Mitch Morris was great because he could be 20 yards down the field on an angle route on a swing pass that you didn't realize was a screen mm-hmm. until you see 61, like 20 yards down the field blocking in front of the guy with the football. So it it was great because you could do the screen game. The athlete, they were athletic, you get out in space, but then when it was third and one, you'd be pulling your hair out. Like, how can they not drive guys off the ball and get a first down? I'm like, you can't have both. If you want to offensive line, you can get out and do the screen game and the athletic things that Reed requires with a lot of those creative screens that he calls. You can't have the same guys driving guys off the ball. And not that the guys now aren't athletic, not that the guys back then couldn't move guys at a certain point, but this offensive line, Crete Humphrey, Joe Tooney, and Trey Smith, they will run dudes over. Orlando Brown will bulldoze people. So the makeup of the offensive line is a little bit different to your point where if they need a third and one or a third and two and they want to run the football, probably have more confidence now with this group running the football in that situation than they would have a few years ago. And so I'm going to kind of pivot pivot that question because one of the other things that we haven't seen in Patrick Mahomes' career yet is having 3,000-yard receivers. He's had two, whether it's Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. Is this a year that he might have to spread it around a little bit? Could he end up getting a third guy to get at least 1,000 yards? I'm going to say yes because, yeah. again, sponsored by Kool-Aid. Yes. Um, so this is where I will take a sip, uh, a big gulp of it. Yes, I think this is the year. Um, I think the circumstances have to dictate such. Um, now, this is everybody staying healthy, of course, but Travis Kelsey, 1,000 yards. Don't have to worry yeah. about that. Like, he's a Hall of Famer. Um, the next two is where it becomes really fascinating for me. Um, because in a contract year, because he's been in the offense the longest, it should be McCall Hardman who gets yep. a thousand yards. Um, he will run routes similar to what Tyreek Hill used to, um, mm-hmm. in his own manner, 
Um, he can still give you those pop passes off of jet sweeps that do equate to receiving yards. You know, they showed it late in the year against the Denver Broncos where it was more touch passes or touch screens where it gets him the ball quickly. Um, and look, he's getting better, I think, at the intermediate game. So I want to I want to give optimism when it comes to McCole Hardman because this is his yep. first real opportunity to have a thousand yards. Then the third one is really a question as to who do you trust from a consistency standpoint, not big play highlight touchdown numbers, but just yeah. yardage with consistency. And I'm going to probably give that to Juju Smith-Schuster, who's yep. been the most consistent receiver in training camp. Now, today on Tuesday was the first day that he had missed in training camp because of a sore knee injury. So we will um, keep you informed of that as we move forward. But, yeah. you know, hopefully it's it's just, you know, a little bit of swelling in the knee and it, it will be fine and he'll get some reps or some snaps, I should say, on Saturday's game against Washington. But running routes next to Travis Kelsey, I think Juju and Kelsey are going to help one another. Um, and I found it yeah. very telling, BJ, that they did not target Juju Smith-Schuster once mm -hmm. in the opening drive against the Chicago Bears. Because why would we want to show you something that we're going to use in September with a player that we know is competent, who is a yak um, leader who could be one of the more yak leaders in the clubhouse this year. Same, so I'm, same so I'm going to say, so I'm going to say yeah. Juju. I'd say same reason that Pacheco only had 11 yards and Sky Moore didn't take a rep with the first team offense. They are saving those guys for when it really, really matters. But it's interesting when you talk about the thousand yard receivers, because I agree with you that McCall Hardman should be that guy after Kelsey and then Juju. But based on what we've seen, if you fast forward six months and you tell me that Marquez Valdez Scantling had a thousand yards receiving, I'm not going to be shocked based on what we've seen, it's like, awesome. He was consistent. He caught the ball. But we've seen flashes of if he ends up separating himself and being a guy, he's got that ability. Same mm -hmm. thing with Sky Moore. Sky yeah. Moore ends up with a 1,000 yards. Like, hey, the guy can run routes. He's going to get open, and Patrick Holmes will get him the ball. That's not all going to happen. It's going to sort itself out with who gets the most targets and how teams match up against them. But as we sit today, I think all of them have the ability in the right circumstance, the way things play out, to end up with a thousand yards. And that probably has more to do with Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Travis Kelsey effect uh, than it does everybody else. Cause it doesn't matter how many, how much attention Kelsey gets, he's going to get a thousand yards if he stays healthy. Right. So we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. This one's shifting gears a lot because that's what we like to do here, Nate. Best interview or your most favorite interview on the team right now. You get a one-on-one. -on -one, you go and talk to Brad and Ted. You're like, I want a one-on-one -on -one with that guy. Who is it and why? Well, 
I'll give a little insight. It was supposed to be Juju Smith-Schuster today, but oh. because he didn't practice today, kids, uh, I didn't get to spend a little time off to the side with him. So hopefully that'll come relatively soon. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about Juju. I've gotten to talk to him a little bit, but this was going to be like maybe our first you know, sort of comprehensive chat. Um, it's it, it, Some people, you know, it's a high bar. Because uh, Mitchell Schwartz, God bless you, sir. You're 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 still you're still here in my heart. Um, I love Mitchell Schwartz. One of the smartest men who's no. ever played this game at the highest level. Um, and he explains things in a way that is just unique, but it gives you insight, and mm-hmm. you feel you feel honored to know that he will let you in in a way that you know most athletes won't in terms yeah. of explaining the process. Um, and look, he, he, there was a, there was a lot of appreciation with Mitchell because he had come from Cleveland, which of course we all know Cleveland hasn't won much, um, since I've been alive, but to that point, um, Mitchell had, was drafted by the Browns and then he saw an Andy Reid organization with Clark Hunt and just, just, there was just a real appreciation. So I'm going to give a few names right now. There's no one specific because it's still somewhat early. Um, I had a really nice chat with Brian Cook um, on a story that came out a little bit ago about his, him and his relationship with Trent McDuffie. Um, some of the young guys who are going to play, you know, on, on early on in their careers. Uh, I think Dion Bush um, will probably be the guy that you can rely on on special teams, but Brian Cook will probably be more in that Dan Sorensen role. Um, and he looks to be doing just fine. Um, I, I get the sense that, you know, Orlando Brown Jr., for as much of the offseason was surrounded by him, is a very good uh, communicator. Um, I think he gives honest answers. Um, I know some Chiefs fans are like, hey, uh, is he just saying things to, to say the right thing right now because they didn't get a contract decision done? But I, I genuinely believe that he understands how um, special it is to, to play next to Patrick Mahomes. Um, but he's also secure enough in himself and has enough belief in himself to really show you, to really explain to you why he's making the decision he made to, to basically play on the franchise tag. Uh, and there's, there's, you know, that's something genuine that I can respect and honor. Um, and, and I think we as sports media, sports fans, we want to understand the players from their vantage point as best possible. And I think Orlando Brown does a very good job of doing that. Um, you got about I've, half the roster left at this point, Nate. <laughs> I know you only asked for one. Um, That's all right. Travis Kelsey is probably is. Yeah, I've really seen. I mean, you you were there at the very beginning, um, whereas I was starting to come in as he was sort of changing. Uh, I've said this on the Athletics Chiefs podcast, Times Ours, and I'll say it here, BJ. Um, he's Roy Kent. He's Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. If anybody watches that show. Every time I watch it, I'm just like, that's that's who Travis Kelsey is. And it's shocking to you until you realize that this person is maturing, but still has the same personality as to like why he was captivating in the first place. Uh, and so I know Ted Lasso's getting ready to have its final season, sadly. But there was some real Roy Kent is one of those characters where it's just like, oh, this is why the show is great. Not just for all the team yeah. bonding experience in, in the games and obviously the comedy, but just watching somebody um, be themselves, but also mature in a way that sort of reveals about who they are as, as, a, as a person and as an athlete. And Travis Kelsey has done that from the moment, you know, 
Andy Reid basically drafted him in the third round to where he is now entering his 10th NFL season. So he is one of the more complex, interesting folks, and I've written about him a ton, which means I've talked to him a ton. And I think yeah. every time we've had a conversation, he just sort of gives me one of these smiles, and I'm like, "Here we go. We're <laughs> we're gonna get to some we're gonna get to some real heartfelt stuff." And uh, and uh, and so yeah. So right now, I would say the guy that I have, you know, sort of the as I talk this answer through in my own head, and I'm trying to consider everybody, the the, the right answer is probably Travis Kelsey. All right, and and for fairness for people listening, Nate did not get these questions ahead of time, so I'm completely no, I did not. dropping <laughs> dropping these on him in the moment. This is a guy that's going to locker room talk to all these guys because I know yeah. that they're playing this podcast in the locker room, and everyone's like, oh, I'm not course. talking to Nate. That guy oh, didn't didn't name oh, me. But course. the one guy I would say <laughs> you name a lot of good dudes. I know a lot of those guys. That I talked to him. The guys that have been there a few years. Uh, another player that I enjoy talking and he's got a standing invitation for his own show uh, whenever possible is Colin Saunders. <laughs> I oh, love talking oh my to God. Colin. Oh, he's so good. He's so he's great. Personality, fun. Yeah. Uh, just, just great. But yeah, Travis Kelsey is probably an yeah. answer as far as guys who are just, I mean, he's the greatest to ever play that position. So that's a good one. All right, let's move on to the fourth burning question here. Uh, I think I might know who the answer is. Which Chiefs player at the end of the year will be on the most or which Chiefs player will be on more championship fantasy football teams than anyone else? So is it Juju Juju Smith-Schuster? Ooh. Okay. You think he's going to be a value pickup for what he does for this offense? Okay. Yes. Yes. I – you have to remember, ladies and gentlemen, that he was playing – now, now look. Juju Smith-Schuster became a star in this league because of Ben Roethlisberger. So we always have to start there. And we also have to acknowledge that in the last two years, now last season was sort of disrupted because of a shoulder injury that he had. Thanks. But in the last, well, well, Juju had a shoulder injury in October and he didn't come back until the playoff game against the Chiefs. Um, But we have to acknowledge that in the last two years, he he played with a quarterback that was compromised, and I, that's the nicest way I could say he's, it. He stinks. If we know he can't <laughs> throw the ball thirty yards downfield, guess mm-hmm. what, kids? You don't have to cover that. Which means everything is congested. Which means everything is a slog. Which means every yard that Juju Smith-Schuster earned was earned. In an offense with Travis Kelsey, Marquez Valdez-Scantlin, you know, whichever running back you have at the time, um, the improvisational ability that Ben Roethlisberger no longer possessed. I know he can run routes. I know he can catch the football. I know he can get additional yards after the catch. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs really felt, and this is before the Tyreek Hill trade, of course, um, but the Chiefs really felt that Juju Smith-Schuster made the most sense for them from a wide receiver standpoint as someone who could operate in the middle of the field along with Travis Kelsey so that it just didn't have to be all of the burden on Kelsey or all of the burden on run-pass option plays where you're hoping to pull that linebacker so that that window is there for a short yeah. to intermediate pass. Um, it's not – Perhaps the most sexy pick, and I understand that. Um, but I think Juju Smith-Schuster is the is a sensible choice here. 
Um, just because if I think he's going to get a thousand yards, if he gets, you know, five to six touchdowns, um, he's going to help your team win in fantasy because yeah. what you're trying to eliminate is the headache of it's Sunday morning and I don't love any of these matchups and kids. Yeah. I do that for a living and I cover this league, right? Lily, I'm on my phone. I'm like, I don't love. I mean, I love Jalen Waddle, but is he going to get the ball? Like I have no guarantee of this, you know? But at least I knew Jalen Waddle was good. It's just, yeah. It's too long to get him the ball. They ain't got no weapons. I mean, he's gonna get doubled a lot. I mean, the, Gusecki, the, Gusecki, the only push, you know? the only pushback I would have is just, is it a matchup thing week to week? How consistent is Juju? Is he gonna have thirty yards one week and then eighty yards and a touchdown the next week and then back to twenty five yards? Can he be consistent throughout the season with as many weapons and his? as good as Patrick Mahomes is at spreading the ball around. We've been talking about all off season since Tyree kill left. So that'd be the only pushback on that. So I thought you were going to go with Pacheco. I thought there was a sneaky chance because running backs, sometimes they're tough right. to find. You they find are. Are you running back? But I got to see more, We first. keep talking about this damn I, guy. Like I got to, I know, I know. I got to see it. Like on a bunch of fantasy leagues with chiefs fans and like, you're going to get the steal with that guy. Like, I'm not not going to happen right now. I'm not advising that guys if you know my fan like my the the fantasy football league that i'm in shout out to my my buddy mike jeffries we're, we're college buddies um you know we've been doing this league since we've been in college so that's over a decade now and like our draft is on the first so you know we, we want to get through all the preseason games we want to see every cut down guy by that point because i think cut down day is august 30th this year so we'll, we, we yep. usually have it in early september I ain't advising anybody in that room to take Isaiah Pacheco. You gotta see it first. He's gotta be somebody that maybe you you get on the waiver wire early. But I mean, mm-hmm. Clyde's gonna get the majority of the touches, guys. As much as I can have fun with this, I have to be a, a realist too. So um, I know right. Juju. I know Juju will play weeks one through seventeen <laughs> and be right. competent with the quarterback. See, I'm drinking the Kool Aid. I think they're hiding him in the preseason, Pacheco. It's it's wild, man. It, they they gave this dude two touches. It was like, yep, he's on the team again. I don't think I've ever had a seven round draft pick who was whose job security was this secure before the second yeah. preseason game. Something new. This will be a. We'll be talking about this for years to come when we talk about training <laughs> camp and earning spots and all that. But yeah, all right. Speaking speaking of earning spots, final burning question, Nate. Who needs Saturday the most? Who needs to go out there and perform well on Saturday the most to strengthen or get into that conversation of making the 53-man roster? Um, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the realistic one first, and then I'll give a more um heart to heart. The right. the real one is Jalen Watson. He is another seventh round pick who's right on that edge of making the team. Uh, he needs to play well on special teams. He needs to have uh, a, a big play on defense Saturday against Washington. Um, he has a real shot. And if Jalen Watson makes this team, along with Isaiah Pacheco, as I projected in the athletic, they're going to have nine rookies on the 53-man <laughs> roster. That is nuts because it would usher in a time frame where the Chiefs clearly identified this is a time for us to get younger and to get to the next phase of Patrick Mahomes' career while yeah. also at the same time trying to win the Super Bowl. You're trying to do two things yeah. at once that is very hard to do in the NFL, but nine rookies on an NFL roster, that'll, that'll jump out on, on cut down day. Now, 
from a more heart to heart standpoint, this is just it's just me speaking to you as if you were across the screen, sir. Yes, sir. I was I was I was so disappointed in Derek Gore. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe what my eyes were tell were informing me because he drops two passes, he fumbles the ball inexplicably. Yeah. Um the Chiefs want four running backs. They want four. They <laughs> have three right now. And mm-hmm. if if Ronald Jones is the trade asset, the guy that you're going to see all the way through the preseason to sort of get a look for, that's fine. He's earned mm-hmm. that right. That guy has been an established veteran in the NFL. He should, he should get every opportunity possible before you have to decide to move on from him. For a guy like Derek Gore, I just – he had such a good season last year. Yeah. Um, and this is something to build upon, not to to slide back. So from yeah. a heart to heart, I think Derek Gordon needs to have a great game and he's going to get probably the same amount of touches as he had last week against the Chicago Bears. It's just got to be a lot better, particularly in the passing game and in pass protection. When we recorded outside the trenches earlier today, recording this on Tuesday, it, that was my guy. I said, like, I want to see him because we know he's better than he performed on Saturday. He's got an uphill battle. It's not saying if he comes out and performs, he's going to make the team. But you feel for guys like that, young players who have bought their time. They come up, they get a little buzz, a little bit of a, an opportunity uh, to be a guy that's counted upon and then to come out and not play well sucks yeah. and he's going to get the ball. So whether it ends up being with the chiefs or another team in the league, you want to see that guy bounce back. And I thought it was really telling uh, on the red zone when he dropped, I think he dropped a few passes, but on one of them, he yeah. dropped, they came back with the same exact play right after that. I thought that was really cool of just from a play calling, whether it's the enemy or coach Reed, whoever called it just to give him another opportunity to catch the ball. Right. I think that's as much mental to help the player as it was him the damn ball again and make sure he catches it yep. i think it was don't let that continue on uh with the performance that we had seen but the other player that i mentioned just jermaine carter i don't mm. i haven't seen a ton and you look at the the linebacker room in the past they've kept five slash six linebackers i think jermaine carter is that fifth six linebacker right now depending upon where you put darius harris mm-hmm. uh, you would know better than me as far as how they mm-hmm. split up those reps but you know, you've got Cochran, you've got Mike Rose, you've got a couple young linebackers most likely will end up on the practice squad where if there is an injury and you need to bring one of those guys up on a game day to fulfill a special teams role, you don't need to fill that with a veteran. And when they signed him in free agency, this guy had 88 tackles last year for Carolina. He's been on the field. Just expected a little bit more as another guy that I think if he's not playing for the chiefs, will probably end up somewhere, but didn't really flash in the way that I thought based on the production that we had seen when they signed him. Yeah, and like his coverage ability has been uh, a little bit shaky at times. So that's something that's to bad. watch. He's two twenty two. He's six one two twenty. He's gonna be two hundred twenty pound linebacker. You know, move a little bit. He's yeah. not a thumper. He's not a Leo Chanel thumper no. type guy. No, and so that you know, to your point, like if you're gonna if you see fifty three on the field in like the second and third quarters, like um, his his snaps may be really significant when it comes to passing, where it comes to zone, sort of matching you know, what the offense is doing, being in the right place at the time. Um, And, and, you know, I will say that Jermaine's been a short tackler from what I could tell so far into training Mm -hmm. camp, but that may not be enough because Darius Harris has been in the system longer. Um, He's younger and uh, he appears to be a little bit more athletic going sideline to sideline. So um, as of right now, I have them keeping six linebackers with those two, along with Leo Chanel. Um, be in the reserves, uh, Elijah Lee, Willie Gay, and Nick Bolton will be the starters, as I project right now. But mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense, right? If, if you're keeping Jalen Watson, 
Maybe yep. now you have one less, you know, linebacker to consider, and that gets into the to the question that you're asking. And and I don't really know what the answer is, BJ. And so that's that's one of the more fascinating parts about these last two preseason games. I, I would like to, you know, inform everybody. 45 to 48 spots have already been won. Yeah. Now it's about those last six to seven spots, um, depending on how they want the roster to go. You know, Danny Shelton is on the team now. Yeah. If he looks good on Saturday, there goes another spot. So um, that's what we're all sort of looking for. But it's it's a really, really good question um, because you want to see the first teamers do what they did Saturday, just extended for like yeah. maybe another series or two against Washington. And then the real fun begins when it's guys competing their their asses off for a job. I like that we always go into the preseason like, oh, it's going to be real vanilla. They're not going to show a whole lot. Steve Spagnuolo, corner blitz on the first play. <laughs> Offense gets into the red zone, calls a tight end screen on the goal line. <laughs> this is not being conservative and not being creative with their play calling, but uh, love to see it. Love to see Creed Humphrey blocking three dudes on that touchdown. Hopefully Blake Bell's okay with that hip flexor that he got yeah. on that touchdown. But uh, Nate, Appreciate your time. As always, you've only got a couple of days left. You're surviving for us up there, bringing us all the behind the scenes nuggets and everything. And everybody, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to The Athletic and send a tweet to The Athletic and say, I'm subscribing to follow Nate Taylor uh, because it is absolutely worth it, man. You're great at what you do. The Prince of Chiefs content. You can let us go. You have any final thoughts? Oh, uh, no. My, my final thought is just... Um... It's the last two days and it starts getting real nostalgic. And then mm. and then and then the the reality starts to set in. And I know that is a bit weird to say, but there's a shift that's gonna happen after this Washington game. And you've been there, BJ, where the stress gets yeah. even more magnified because we're getting that much closer to cut down day. So um, I'm gonna enjoy these last two days of camp. Um, it's the last time that you'll see all the practice snaps. <laughs> before they they wipe it all away from your screen because and those are important though because they start preparing for arizona next week yeah it's those, those they go back to the facility they they have a preseason game what thursday yeah but those first three practices are not preparing for the preseason they are working on arizona already yeah uh, so that's when you can't report that to go back to the facility like you can't take video we won't nope. be having highlights it's, of practice anymore it's sad it's sad <laughs> there sorry fans but uh then you get back to what's important and that's winning football games so uh a lot to be excited about. Nate, we appreciate you for joining us. And everybody, make sure to check out one-on-one -on -one tomorrow morning. We'll be up Wednesday morning. Mike DeVito, Jeff Allen, talking about what it's like being a former player uh, working and playing for Andy Reid in this situation when you're lining up and have lockers next to guys trying to wonder who's going to make it, who's not. They've got really great perspective on that, so make sure to check that out. But we appreciate you for tuning in, and we'll see you all next time.